Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. 25 years ago, Savannah had its Olympic moment. Our city and the waters off our coast played host to the 1996 Olympic yachting events. But once the last race was sailed and the last medal awarded, Savannah's Olympic legacy sailed right out of town. All save for one thing, the Savannah Sailing Center, which has been teaching Savannah area children and adults sailing basics out of a facility at Lake Mare in the quarter century since the Olympics. Two of the Sailing Center's leaders, Carrie Rohde and Debbie Tillman, are today's difference makers. This podcast is presented by the Savannah Economic Development Authority. are all around us in government in business in nonprofits, in our schools and sports fields the difference makers podcast takes a deep look at what makes these people difference makers and how they are improving our community today's guests are carrie Rohde and debbie tillman two of the volunteers who have kept alive the legacy of the 1996 olympics in savannah through their work with the savannah sailing center the program started by the late great john mcintosh senior or mr mac ahead of the 1996 games was in the news recently as they have applied for a state grant that would grow the sailing center and give them a home on open water down in Sunbury in Liberty County. What better way for Savannah to mark the 25th anniversary of hosting the Olympic yachting events than to celebrate the Savannah Sailing Center? Here's the Difference Makers interview with Carrie Rohde and Debbie Tillman. Pretty excited to be joined on the Difference Makers podcast this week by two women who are amongst the board of directors of a very underappreciated organization in town, at least in my opinion, I'm biased on this and we'll get to that, but that's uh, Carrie Rohde and Debbie Tillman with the Savannah Sailing Center. And the Savannah Sailing Center, of course, has been around since 1996. It does, it does have a connection. If people recognize that date, it does have a connection to the, the Olympic yachting events that were held here as part of the Atlanta games. And we're going to really dig pretty deep into the history of that. But I want to start with, with the two of you. I think it's as is our tradition on this podcast is, is we want people to kind of get to know the guests a little bit first, that way they, they associate, they associate with them. And I guess the, the easiest way to do this in this context is to talk about the two of you and your connection to sailing. Did you, did you grow up here? Were you grow, were you sailing on the the rivers here, or, or how did you get from how did you get involved? Go ahead, Debbie. Okay, well, I'm a retired nurse RN, and I got involved with the sail with sailing through the sailing center actually, and my youngest son, and that's been over 15 years ago. Um, so I had a lot of outdoor canoeing experience on the rivers in Georgia. But not sailing. I grew up on Long Island and did some sailing with some friends up there in Sunfish as a young girl, but not as an adult. 
So when my son got involved, um, Carrie and Mr. McIntosh were kind of my mentors and, and I sat next to them and listened to them and I've learned an awful lot over the years. Right. Um, and even after my child left, I just loved the sailing community and what it was about. And Savannah Sailing Center gives the opportunity to anybody that's interested in sailing to have that opportunity to learn. So I, I, um, so I'm an Air Force brat, so I kind of grew up all over the place. I never set foot in a boat um, until I went to college. I went to Kings Point, the United States Merchant Marine Academy, and um, I, I just happened to be the right size for the front end of a 420 uh, boat. And um, so I was actually recruited to, uh, to the sailing team by my now husband. Um, so I was really, really fortunate. It was a wonderful experience those four years. And um, when, we, when we graduated and later got married, um, as young adults, we actually didn't participate a lot as young adults, um, just because business and working and everything. And once our kids came along, we jumped right back into it. So it's, it's been, it's been really fun. We've, we've, uh, you know, I've been doing it for I think 16 years now with the Savannah Sailing Center. You mentioned 420 and and for the non-sailors out there, 420 is a two person boat. And the, the front person of the boat is works the sails and basically provides a lot of weight and ballast too. So Correct. Correct. so the person in the back <laughs> of the boat is the one that steers the boat and tells the person in the front of the boat where to put their weight. So Exactly. Exactly. And 420 is 4.2 meters. So it's about a 15 foot boat. It is a fun boat. The last time I was in that boat, I was in a boat with my daughter in the front and she said she was going to tack and she actually jived and I got hit right in the back of the head with the boots. Oh, so that will uh, get your attention to say the least. Yes, it will get your attention. It, it will. It will. And when uh, Carrie put me in the front of the boat and her in the back of the boat, we were racing against all of our high school kids. Mm-hmm. And she kept telling me, Debbie, pull that jib in, pull it in tighter, tighter, tighter. Don't move. Do what I say. And we beat the kids by, inches over the finish line so oh, wow. and it was and you guys retired time. right you said that's it and it was her son so we're really happy we beat them <laughs> it going out on top for sure <laughs> i set this up i talked about the sailing center growing out of the olympics and i think you guys are probably better versed at sharing the history but can you kind of talk about how it got going and who were some of the key players in getting it going sure um so I, um, I was not here during the Olympics. We moved here in 2001, um, but we joined the sailing center. I met Mr. McIntosh and uh, we joined the sailing center. Um, it was he who really started the sailing center. Um, in 1993, it was set up to train all the people that would work the, the racing on the water. Oh, okay. I didn't even realize that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so that's actually what Savannah Sailing Center was in its, you know, very, very, very early days. It was a nonprofit, but it was set up to strictly to train all those people. And there were, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people still, you know, around today who actually work those Olympics. Um, after the Olympics were, well, the Olympics were supposed to take every, every uh, community that, 
uh, hosts an Olympic games usually ends up with a facility mm-hmm. at the end. And uh, it was going to be out where priest land is, but um, there was, there was uh, some nesting birds in the, in the property close to where the site was supposed to take. Anyway, it didn't end up happening. And Mr. Mack and his group had to put together an entire Olympics on barges. So that, that was a bit unfortunate, but amazing to think what they did to make the Olympic games happen. And they built a temporary marina out in the middle of Wausau Sound, right? They dropped the pilings and, and put the docks around the pot. Right. They built they built an entire floating city kind of for you know for the Olympics um, to take which place. Which is which is nice, but doesn't mean anything at the end when they pull at it. At the end, yeah. We never we never quite got that, you know, that site where we could, you know, be hanging our Olympic flag and always keep it flying. Um, at any rate, so after the Olympics were done, Mr. Mack um, and you know, the group of people that worked with him um, wanted to leave something for the community. And so he got with Chatham County, and that's how our Lake Mayor facility came to be. So he set up the Savannah Sailing Center at Lake Mayor um, for young people to learn sail. And and honestly, you know, it's it's funny as adults you know, once you know how to sail and as an adult, you know, you're, as you stated before, yes, that would not be the place where I would choose to go sailing. However, I think it's the most powerful tool we have at Savannah Sailing Center because we can take kids and adults who've never been in a boat off that water that moves at two knots. Right. <laughs> you know, with right. our, with our tides, it's really, really hard, especially the younger kids in the smaller boats. It's just not enough sail area for them to overcome the tide. So, um, you know, it, it really is our little diamond um, to be able to take kids to a place that's a little bit easier to learn and a little bit safer um, and let them get their feet wet before yeah. they go out on water. And I get, I get really excited every time I drive by Lake Mare and most people are familiar with Lake Mare, but Lake Mare has a, a pretty big area of water and then it kind of wraps around an island and the sailing center is on the island, but the kids sail out in the, in the middle of the lake and you go by there and you see half a dozen boats out there and the kids having fun out there. It's, it's pretty exciting. A lot of times I'll pull over and, and watch and uh, you're right and in terms of teaching basic sailing skills which is which is what we're going to get to this and what you guys exist for it was it it is a perfect spot it's pretty powerful yeah as the sailing center uh moved in out there actually you know what let's let's talk a little bit about mr mack a little more john mackintosh senior who is uh, in his younger days was an incredibly accomplished sailor uh, almost a legend or not almost is a legend in the sailing community here and, and well-known across the country. Been on the coach, a lot of kids. Can, can you kind of talk about what made him special? Cause I have a feeling he probably worked with, with both your kids a little bit, right? He worked yes. with, he worked with, um, you know, primarily my, my oldest daughter, but he, first of all, he's my mentor. I miss him. Um, I, there's a million times with the sailing center as we go through different things that I wish he was here just to, I always bounced ideas off of him. Um, incredible man. He really um, took all the kids under his wings. Anybody that the sailing center kids were near and dear to his heart and any 
kid who wanted to learn to sail got taken under his wing. Um, I remember um, when my girls were sailing, we initially, uh, the yacht club had a Wednesday night sale, but they opened it up to Savannah Sailing Center kids as well. And um, Mr. Mack was just so funny. I mean, he, he made sure we, you know, we went every Wednesday. And after the kids were done sailing, he, the kids could go back to his house. And they'd have a barbecue. And us parents had to wait. There were no adults allowed. And, <laughs> and I mean, it was just wonderful. It got that group of kids, whether they were yacht club kids or sailing center kids together and, you know, formed this bond. Um, and he just, I remember, I, my, we have a son as well, and our son was, did not take to sailing. He knows how to sail, but he, he didn't take to sailing. And I remember Mr. Mack saying to him, hey, just figure out what you really, figure out what you enjoy doing and do it all the way. It doesn't have to be sailing. So he was that kind of guy that he was just, you know, he, he was connected with the kids. He, he, of course, died in, in 2010. I think he was 82 or 85. He, he was... He lived a full life and had a, an impact on a lot of people. 11 years ago on January 18th was when he passed away. Yeah. He, right. right. Yeah. yeah. He is, he is definitely missed. So as the sailing center goes from teaching people to teaching people to work the Olympics, to operating the Olympics, to evolving into what it, be, what it would become at, at Lake Mayor, what was kind of the approach was the approach was we're going to teach sailing basics and make it open to everybody, regardless of, of socioeconomic background or whether they'd ever been in a boat or, or how did that evolve? So we, we, from the very beginning and Debbie jump in, <laughs> I'm doing all the talking here. Um, from the very beginning, um, we have always been a community based um, organization that, we are bringing this sport to the community. It doesn't matter, you know, what, what part of the community you come from. We try to keep our prices low enough so that everybody can enjoy it. The only requirement we have is that you need to know how to swim and we, and we do a swim check. So all the way through that's, that's really been our push is to bring mainly to bring the sport to people that otherwise would not have this opportunity because what it does for youth and adults is amazing. And to have it only, you know, be given to people who can afford it is, is kind of silly. And one of the things that we've done is looked at pricing around the area in, in the South. I mean, the North, you can't compare the North from, you know, what they do up there to what we offer around here. So everywhere else surrounding us that offers sailing, their pricing is far greater than ours. Sure. And um, there's a lot of people that just didn't realize that this opportunity was there. And when they, there's a lot of foot traffic in um, around Lake Mayor, which yeah. is a good thing for us. And a lot of people come in and inquire and a lot of adults do because they're walking the trails and whatnot. And we've had many couples come out and learn how to sail um, not knowing anything about sailing and then um, get their little certification through U.S. Sailing and email us and let us know, we went down to the Caribbean and we're able to rent a boat. And thank you all so much for teaching us 
how to sell. This has just been a lifelong dream of ours that, you know, we appreciate what you all have done. And, and the people that are teaching them, which is phenomenal, are these kids that started at the Sailing Center or the Yacht Club and learned how to sail and then went on to be U.S. Sailing Certified Instructors. And these young high school and college kids are the ones that are teaching these kids and adults how to sail. And then we have some of our veteran adults that do it as well, but they're few compared to the young instructors we have you know, working and teaching sailing in, in our community. Do you have a ballpark idea of how many kids and adults have come through the Savannah Sailing Center over the last 25 years? Ooh. <laughs> 25 years, we'd probably tell you the last year. <laughs> and we have several hundred a year that come through the Sailing Center, which right. is really a, a fun thing. And, um, but 25 years? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> It's thousands to say the least. I, I, yeah. I will tell you, Mr. Mack used to say that he, when he started, he had 300 kids a summer come through. Mm-hmm. And the way it was structured was it was half day sessions. Right. And so we do full day sessions and we had almost 150 this summer. So I'm equating that to we're catching Mr. Mack. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd say for sure. And, and of course the kids can start in, I, I want to say fourth grade, fifth grade, it's pretty young, right? Okay. So it used to be eight years, eight years old to 15 years old. We've changed a few things over the years just to accommodate more people. That's why we went from half days to full days because the instructors came to us saying, you know, the half days are really harder and can we have them all day so we can really go through what they need to learn. We changed it because of our instructors. And then about Four years ago, we started a guppy program, and that is for our five to seven-year-olds. Oh, okay. And, and so we're introducing sailing. We do not push them to go into a sailboat, but we teach them all about it. Every one of them, though, has gone into a sailboat. And at the end of the week, we uh, tag team and put two of them in an opti, an optimist together, and they actually do sail the boat. So every one of our little ones have been in, we start them out in a, in a big boat as a group together to make them comfortable. And then by the end of the week, they are in their own little boat, steering that boat around Lake Mayor. And this is right. little five-year-olds. The whole idea is to make them comfortable in and around the water. Right. That's really the focus of that program. We interrupt this Difference Makers interview to tell you about the Savannah Economic Development Authority, our presenting sponsor. You may have seen where Savannah was recently named the top locale in the U.S. for economic development. That's due in part to the Georgia ports and our community's many aesthetic advantages. Great weather, beautiful scenery, friendly people. But the accolades also have much to do with the work of the good folks at CETA, who act as the ultimate connector for businesses looking to relocate as well as existing area businesses looking to grow and expand. From finding the ideal site to filling workforce needs to accessing available incentives and beyond, CETA mobilizes proven connections for ultimate gain and is a true difference maker in the Savannah community. Learn more about CETA at CETA.org. Now, back to the interview with Carrie Rohde and Debbie Tillman. We 
when you think about this as an Olympic legacy, what is it just the, the, the people, the, the, the people that have learned to sail? Because as you said, a facility is something that in a lot of places you go to have the Olympic flag and it's known as the Olympic you know, arena or the Olympic stadium or the Olympic marina. In terms of legacy, how meaningful is it what the sailing center has been able to do over the last quarter century? I think our legacy has been the number of primarily kids, but adults too, lives that we've touched and changed. Mm -hmm. I think sailing is something that it takes a little bit more to learn than your basic sports. Um, I've seen it with my, you know, personally with my own children, um, the self-esteem that they develop learning how to sail. I mean, you are in a boat by yourself you're solving problems the entire time you're out there. Um, you know, there's nobody there that's going to come pick you up off the ground and, you know, dust you off and send you going. You've got to figure all that out yourself. So I think it just, it does something, it, it, it does something special for kids. I, you know, when I talk to my girls now, I'll talk about how, oh, in the beginning we were scared but it was kind of cool. So we, you know, we never said anything and it just, it, I think it just gets kids. I just think it offers something to every kid that steps in a boat, whether you go on to an Olympic trials or you just simply learn to sail. And through our high school program, I mean, I have had kids. <laughs> I had one kid who I almost never got to trim the sail in all the way. I used to call him the mad reacher. But, but that kid ended up buying a boat and sailing his parents around and they still sail today. So it just, at any level, I think it does something for everybody. I do, I do too. But I think the one really neat thing about sailing is that it's girls and boys sailing together. You don't find a sport where both girls and boys are together and have On to learn on an equal footing, what to do and what not to do to make things work. And then watch that mutual respect that you see grow over time with girls and guys working together in a sport. So to me, it teaches them many life lessons at a very early age, you know, because we're different, you know, and it's, it's a good thing. And a lot of these kids that sail would not have become friends otherwise, Okay, you know, because they're, it, a lot of them are from different kinds of groups yeah. and yeah. then Parts the camaraderie and the friendship that they develop over the years, these kids even going off to college and they've gone their separate ways, still get back together and communicate all the time. So you now it just makes your heart happy. You have a kid, a lot of kids that come through the sailing center that sail competitively. Can you, can you talk about some of the kids who have, have either achieved some things regionally or nationally or gone on to college to sail? I, I'm going to be humble and not, not answer that. I'm going to let Debbie take that. Well, okay. So we've had a number of kids go on and sail in college, and they've had a blast doing that. Um, we have kids today who are sailing for Georgia Southern from our high school program. And we've had kids from SCAD as well. Um, we used to have kids from- um, UGA and Tech. UGA have, and Tech, yeah. and then um, Savannah State as well. Mm 
So there's, you know, what happens is you get a group in and then they graduate and sometimes they come back around and sometimes they don't. So it just depends on the kids at the school, schools and whatnot. But it's been wonderful to watch some of these kids go on to college and win national titles. And um, Carrie's being humble, but her girls have done a remarkable job for Coast Guard Academy sailing for that, that team. And both, you know, Krista and Dana have um, some wonderful stories to tell about, about the things that they've achieved. And you should tell the things that they've achieved. <laughs> I know, you know, she, that, that's one of the wonderful things um, that Carrie does as a coach is teaching those kids how to call you know, when you, you know, when you win, it's very nice to be happy and everything else, but you need to be a good loser as well. And you learn a lot being a loser and a winner. So she, she does a fabulous job with teaching the kids how to be humble winners. So we're going to segue into talking a little bit about some of the recent news you have, but to set that up, let's talk about funding. Uh, I, I know you said that you have classes and you obviously you charge for the classes. You do have a partnership with the county that I'm sure provides some funds and probably raise some funds. How do you how do you operate now uh, in, in terms of, of funding? Beg, borrow, please. No. <laughs> so, so the county now provides um, the building that we we do our um, you know we operate out of. Um, and we, the utilities. And the utilities. We don't we don't pay for anything at Lake Mayor. They okay. they pay, you know, we sit on their property. They actually even, which was a godsend last year, rebuilt our floating dock. So the county really supports us in in allowing us to be there and providing everything we need while we're there. Okay. Um, I think there was some funding initially when Mr. Max set it up every year. Um, but with the downturns in the market over the years and things like that, that, you know, that went away. I think, I think it went away shortly after I joined this okay. um, sailing center. Um, but basically now our programs kind of pay for our instructors. Okay. And we work really hard raising funds to pay our overhead, our insurance, our, um, we do the regatta for autistic children every year. That's really our big fundraiser. And, um, you know, we, we get support from, from a lot of different parts of the community to, you know, to do what we do. We, you know, we're a small nonprofit nonprofit that does a lot with what we've got. (laughs) Right. Right. Cause as you said, you you know, your, your facility is, 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 given is given to you your program fees pay for your instructors but you still have to maintain boats buy new boats rigging sales everything else that money is money that you raise independently and that's the hardest part of it is is keeping the boats up and 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 you know keeping our doors open with you know having to pay for insurance and everything else that a business has to pay for right right yeah we could couldn't do it without um those companies donating you know, on a yearly basis to help us do that. I mean, our programs cannot do not support the operating expenses that you need to run a business, basically. In fact, last year, we were unable to have our autistic or 
because of COVID, just like everybody else. And I would say we're hanging by the skin of our teeth right now. We're hoping to be able to have our our regatta in in May, May 1st. So. And that leads us into the next topic. And that's the, the, the news that came out about the sailing center just recently was that the Georgia Department of Natural Resources has uh, has offered the sailing center a $600,000 grant in order to basically open a satellite facility, I guess, on the open water, on the Midway River down in Sunbury. And of course, you all have to raise a certain portion in order to, to match that grant. Keep kind of talk a little bit about that initiative and, and assuming that that comes through, what having that facility down there will mean for the sailing center. Okay. So the, the grant is a, a GOSA grant. So it's the Georgia Outdoor Stewardship Act grant. Um, That's we by one of our local legislators, right? Jesse <laughs> Petrie, I believe, was involved in that. But we, um, so we're waiting to hear on that grant, whether we go to the next step with it. And it is actually Liberty County and uh, the county commissioners and the county manager who are supporting that um, effort. And they actually submitted the grant on our behalf. Okay. So um, we worked Liberty County, us and the Coastal Resource Commission worked together on putting that grant together. Um, so DNR owns the property and, and have allowed us the opportunity to build on that uh, portion of that, um, land. And, but the county commissioner, those people are the ones that actually applied for the grant for us because we cannot do that as, as a nonprofit organization. Right. Right. What's on, what's on the property now? Are there docks there or, uh, what, what all would you have to put on the property to make it? So it, it, it <laughs> used to be a really nice gentleman named Gene Brogdon and, and his wife, um, who live there and have let me squat on their property <laughs> for 10 years now. Uh-huh. Um, he, loved the, he loved the kids. He loved watching what we do. And so literally his properties adjacent to the public ramp. Mm-hmm. So our boats were just lined up right on his property at the edge of the public ramp. Um, he has since sold the property to the Department of Natural Resources. The Department of Natural Resources has taken down his the house that was there and um, put in a really nice um, uh, bathroom facility and um, done some improvements to the land. And so right now it's just wide open. Okay. So and, um, next to the public ramp, it's kind of an extension of the public ramp right there. Yes. Yes. And we, so we, we launch off the public ramp mm-hmm. and um, so our, so the way that we're set up right now is this grant is to get the building built. Okay. We will, we will have to raise more funding because to do the types of programs that we want to do, we need a floating dock. And that all got wiped out in Irma. Um, Gene Brogdon had a floating dock and everything there. It just all got wiped out. So we would, in the future, want to put a floating dock there to be able to um, to do mainly the disability programs, you know, programs for whether it's a disabled warrior or children with disabilities. Um, that would require 
hire bigger boats. And so we would need uh, a floating dock of some sort to be able to get those types of people on and off. So we had, when we looked at actually asking for the grant, you know, we felt like, you know, we think that we can get the support from the community when they hear what, what this could do for the area, but not knowing for sure, we decided, okay, build first, then we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get, you know, raise money for the, for the dock. And what else do we have, Debbie? That we're, uh, oh. And then the small, we small. want to put a small boat ramp in so that people with sailboats um, aren't using the same uh, ramp as people with motorboats. Um, right. And this way then the traffic just flows nicer there. And there's a real too for the kayaking community because we're including, because it's a water sports center. We're trying to get kayakers and, you know, just anything that's water sports, get people out on the water. So by putting in a little small ramp that is just for non-motorized um, craft, then, you know, we kind of help the community too of, of kayakers. People who have their own kayak will have a place to come and, you know, a ramp to come and go from that isn't filled with motor, you know, power boats. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. I was talking to a, to a kayaker friend of mine this week, and he was talking about Chatham County has all of these boat ramps, but all of them set up for motorboats. They don't have anything that are specifically dedicated to, to kayaks and canoes. And it, it, those are specially designed. He talked about in Beaufort County, they had them where you set them on there and it's got rollers and it kind of rolls it into the water. It makes it a lot more, a lot safer and right. more appealing. So I, I right. know where you're coming from. I just, I, yeah, I just think there's, there's a need for that. And it, it just allows more people to be involved. I mean, the whole idea behind this is to get people out on the water that there's so many people in our area that have never even been on the water and we're all water communities. So, um, you know, also with, with putting in a dock and a ramp and all, we are trying to do a full blown STEM Academy, STEM education Academy. Okay. Um, in working with the schools in the area, you know, not just not just our local area, but even the inland locations to bring kids down to, you know, okay, what you teach in the classroom. Now let's see it in real life. Yeah. Um, U.S. Sailing has probably, I don't know, 300 mo STEM education modules already made up, already done. So we'd like to be able to offer a big STEM education program, whether it's after school, um, during school as, you know, field trips, summer, summer camp, um, things of that sort, which I just think would be phenomenal. So if the grant comes through that 600,000, you guys are supposed to match 150,000, 750,000, that gets you a building, gets you going out there, maybe gets you a couple of boats to look. It gets us, yes. Yeah, yes. It, it gets us the boats we need. Um, you know, upgrade what we have. Right. I mean, we're going to have to fundraise for the 150, but we're probably going to fundraise for, for more, more because, right. you know, the grant does not cover operating costs. Operating costs are a big, you know, part of that. We'd like to bring in some staff, full-time staff, you know, so salaries, benefits, all of that. So, you know, we're talking about raising more than $150,000 right. to really look at this you know, even though it's a nonprofit organization, it is a business and, you know, we, we need to continue running it as a business. So, you know, we'll need a lot we, of funds we to have, be able to do that. We have been from a, from a staff 
standpoint, we have been an organization that was all volunteer from the beginning, from the beginning. And then we hired how many years ago? 10 now, 11, 12, 12 years ago, we hired one part-time person. Administrator. Administrator, because we felt you really need somebody answering the phones and making sure, you know, our word gets out. Um, But really we need, we need an entire organization at this point. From the early beginning, the people that taught on Saturdays to adults and whatnot volunteered their time to teach them. So we've changed that as well. We pay those instructors now to teach. And so we have more instructors to teach. We have more more instructors and and more reliable, you know, people that are showing up on time and, and, and all of that. And it's good for the high school and college kids. It's a, you know, it's a great part-time job to be able to come down on Saturday and, and teach. And, and we follow U.S. sailing's curriculum for beginning sailing. So every person that walks through the door knows what we're going to be teaching them. And then they can, you know, take a test to become certified to be able to sail in both they're certified in at Savannah Sailing Center for a very, you know, small amount. $10 come and sail on their own. But um, that just gives them the opportunity to become a member and be able to sail other than take lessons once they're certified. And something, it, it, am I right to assume that as you great, as you gain some scale, it probably gives you access to some grants through U.S. Sailing and some other organizations that it kind of feeds on its on its own once you start to get some scale. Am I right? Correct. Right, correct. Especially, especially, I'm not as concerned about the STEM education money because I think, I think once we get that set up and prove ourselves, that w- that can be funded by grants. Well, I want to I want to spend the balance of the conversation talking a little bit about sailing along the Georgia coast. Before I hit record, we we had talked about with. Uh, you know, you go back here in Savannah, you go back a long time. It, Ted Turner sailed out of uh, the Yacht Club back in the day and then it really kind of gained some momentum around 1996 when we had two local sailors who were in the trials, um, Eric Ochin and, and John Porter. And uh, neither one of them qualified for the Olympics, but they did a lot of training the Olympic sailors. And, and I know that Eric went on and, and did trials beyond that. Eric almost qualified. Almost qualified, Right. And uh, so, so we have a very rich sailing history. And then, of course, uh, as Carrie mentioned, uh, you know, her children were sailing at the, at the college level. And uh, I mentioned John Porter earlier. I know his son now was a very accomplished junior sailor, is now sailing in college. All that said, sailing is not a lot of people in Savannah are, are really kind of cognizant of what's going on with sailing in coastal Georgia. If you had to kind of uh, give us an overview of, of where we are now, in terms of, of general sailing, interest, competition, you know, who's involved, what organizations are involved, where would you start? Ah, uh, wow, that's a hard one. <laughs> <laughs> where we are now, um, we don't have as many sailors as we did at one time, which is very sad to me. Um, we have, I think, more people who take sailing lessons mm-hmm. Um, But our problem is that once we teach somebody how to sail, where do they go to uh, increase their skills? I mean, we can teach them 
we're maxed out at what we can teach them at Lake Mare. We can teach them the basics, but where do they go to, to make that next step? We don't have that. That's, that's what we would love to have in Sunbury. Sunbury is wide open. There's nothing that blocks the sea breeze from coming in. It's really close to I-95. In fact, I have gotten several calls in the last week from people who live in the Rincon area and some of the inland communities that are thrilled to death if we do this because they said, oh, that's so easy. We can hop on 16, hop on 95, and we're there. Um, so, you know, that's really one of the things we're trying to do is just expand everything we do. If we can, if we can give a site where people learn how to sail at the lake and then go on to more advanced classes and then can come down to Sunbury and sail on open water as a recreational outlet, that's awesome. If we can expand and include STEM education, both at the lake and in Sunbury, now all your coastal communities have some place after school and whatnot for, for kids to go and learn. Um, and then from an inland standpoint, I mean, we have tons of sailors, believe me, in Georgia inland. They are thrilled to death that there will be a saltwater, you know, state type place where they can come and, and sail, take lessons, participate in regattas, um, bring their kids during the summer to do STEM education and sailing. That's really what we're trying to do is just, you know, we, we have maxed out what we do at Lake Mayor. Where are some of the model communities? Is it Charleston? Is it Beaufort? Is it Wilmington, North Carolina? Um, okay. So you mean in, in terms of sailing? Yeah. So, sailing community, right. Sailing community. So in the Southeast, I would say, um, you know, most, there are many, there are numerous, um, community sailing centers in Florida, Charleston community sailing does a ton with what they have. Um, and they do a really nice job. There's, um, there is a camp during the summer. I believe it's in North Carolina camp Seagull. Yeah. I yeah. Think I, I think it's, I think it's in North Carolina. And I've talked to a few people that have gone and done a summer camp there. Um, really the, when I went, when I, it was easy for me to benchmark around the country because I was traveling with my girls to right. different places and talking to right. different people, really the, the, the couple of facilities that have really done phenomenal jobs is, um, sail Newport in Newport, Rhode Island. I mean, they started out kind of the same as we did. It's government property and they were a small little operation and they've grown astronomically. Right. Um, they, they do have a little deeper water around them. So they are able to do some, you know, a whole bunch of big boat stuff that, you know, we could not do. Right. Um, but they've done a good job. Um, Burlington, Vermont has a, has a facility. They started just like us. And there's a facility in Connecticut called Ness. It's New England um, Sailing and Science. Mm -hmm. And they are primarily, I mean, they do sailing. They do a lot of sailing stuff during the summer, but they do probably more education stuff than they do sailing stuff. And they do scuba diving and they do um, kayaking and 
canoeing and and that's kind of you know we want to expand what we can do we want people to be able to learn how to be on the water here i mean it's it's we don't live in a place where it's super easy to be on the water even you right. know if you're a kayaker you have to take right. into consideration current you know sailing the same way um we had the fishing community as well. You know, we could, we could do a whole fishing program for kids, get somebody in to, you know, teach that. So we are just looking really to, as the name says, Georgia community water sports. We really want to get people out, get kids away from (laughs) computers and whatnot and get them out on the water and see what we have. I mean, there's this, the environment out here is so untouched and so beautiful Um, you know, and the other thing I have to say is that when you bring kids, when you bring kids out on the water, whether it's kayaking, canoeing, sailing, there's an appreciation for that environment that they basically inherit, inherit as they're going through programs. And those are the next stewards of the, of our water. You know, that's, those are the people that are going to say, Whoa, wait a minute, (laughs) you know? this is a natural resource we really do need to protect. But what what some of those programs have done, like Charleston and even Jacksonville now is growing. And they brought in a full-time dedicated person to run their programs and market their programs. And that's one of the things that we haven't had the funds to be able to do. And I don't think we see a lot of marketing for sailing in the, in the Savannah, Savannah area, Bryan, Liberty, you know, in our surrounding community um, to market sailing. And I think if we are able to bring a full-time person like these other communities have done, I think that we will see that uptick again we'll see it grow. in sailing and see it grow. I, so many people that walk through our doors say, I, d- I just didn't realize you guys were here. You need to publicize. Well, yeah, right. I know, but you know, <laughs> we're trying. <laughs> unfortunately, all of those things cost money to do that. And, you know, so we, you know, with our modest amount of money that we have, we do a little bit, but, you know, it, you could really, with, with the right marketing people, really make this. With the right facility. And facility, yes. And full-time people in place that that we could we could grow because we are not lacking the body of water that it'll work on and the other thing i have to say for sunbury is it's very centrally located like our friends from brunswick who sail you know are as excited about us doing this as you know anybody else in the state yeah, that was what I was really kind of getting at was the, the potential here, right? Because, you, you know, whether you're talking about Newport or you're talking about Charleston or you're talking about Cape Cod or you're talking about Jacksonville, it's, it's, about, it's about access. And, you know, here in Savannah, you know, the Yacht Club is, but not everybody has access to it. The landings, great facility. Not everybody's got access, access to it. And at the same time, we're in a place where we have eight or nine foot tides and we have marshlands. You know, you're not just sailing you know, when I used to go to a family place on Cape Cod, you just, you drug the boat down to the beach and you sailed off the beach. And, and we don't necessarily have that uh, ability here. Right. And you, you know, you, I think there's something for everybody. You brought up the Yacht Club and the landings. I mean, the Yacht Club and the landings, especially the landings have been using our high school students to, you know, crew for them in the regatta and things of that sort. Right. Um, if you have a public facility, 
that is getting people interested in being on the water, those organizations grow as well. Because then you have people that are out there seeking out, you know, other areas, other places they can sail. I, I really think we can make it grow in this area. Well, it will be very interesting to watch. And is, is there any kind of timeline on this grant? One year's going to start uh, fundraising? Well, they, so the grant, they were supposed to let everybody know who made it through the first round in February. They're waiting for one more, I guess there's, there's four things that they have to do up in Atlanta and they're waiting for that last thing to happen. So we're waiting to hear whether we have the grant or not. Okay. Um, so okay. we're hoping any day we'll hear whether, whether we go on to step two right. um, of the grant process. Right. So fingers crossed. Fingers we crossed. Are pushing, yeah. We're pushing forward. No matter what. Yeah. We're pushing forward. If we can get the funding to do it, you know, from another source, then, um, we'll, proceed. then we'll proceed. Yeah. Right. Well, we'll look forward to following the story and, and, and do everything, everything we can on this end to support you. And thank you so much for, for taking the time and, and sharing your story today. And, and thank you for thank asking, you for asking us, us to share. Yeah. We really appreciate that. We need to get your kids back on water. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you have been listening to the difference makers podcast thank you to our guests the savannah sailing centers carrie rohde and debbie tillman and podcast sponsor the savannah economic development authority or CETA. hear more difference makers interviews by searching savannah difference makers on your favorite podcast app or by visiting savannahnow.com slash podcasts on behalf of producer zach dennis thank you for listening going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.